Welcome to season three of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready to turn your setback into a comeback? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get started on your new beginning. It is just you and me today, friend, on this solo episode, this last episode of season three. I have been waiting for weeks to have some quality time with you, and we're going to have so much fun together. You might find this funny, but I have not always been the spicy Sadie that you've come to know and hopefully love. My initial flavor profile for this podcast, it was it was a sweet and uh a safe kind of vanilla scent. I wanted to explore and talk mostly about the possibilities life after divorce can offer us, about all of the new adventures and the learnings. And I was thinking back to my very first episode, and if I if I were to give it a color today, I would say it was super beige, like beige. It was just me trying to find my voice. And I took myself pretty seriously back in those days because I didn't, I didn't know what it meant to be a podcaster. So in case you don't remember, I'm going to share a clip from my first episode, which I dropped on January of 2021, Feel Your Fresh Start. I remember being so excited about that title, by the way. Okay, here it is. I live in Minnesota. Yes, it snows here a lot and not only in the wintertime. We get a lot of grief for our cold weather. But I will tell you this, there is nothing more stunning than a sunrise after a heavy snowfall. How the rays of light bounce off the white powder and there's not a footprint in sight for miles. It's a perfect clean slate. When everything is new and stunningly gorgeous, just like a fresh start. Oh my God, I mean the music alone. It was just so melancholy. Talking about the snow. It is pretty though. The snow in Minnesota is very pretty. But hey, truth be told, I I was quite nervous during that first episode. Actually, that's not true. I was guided. I was scared, excited. You can kind of tell, right? I'm just so happy that I, with your help, found my spice later in season one. And after listening to that clip, I bet you're glad too, right? (laughs) Well, we have had, you and I, we've had so many wonderful, playful, out-of-the-box conversations these last two years. So in the spirit of this being the last month of the year and the last episode of season three, I thought it would be fun to reflect with you a bit on the sweet and the spicy evolution of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. So let's kick this episode off with the spice. You always got to start with the spice, right? And I just have to say, if this is the first time you have ever listened to Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, you are in quite for an education about my life after divorce today. But if you have been a faithful listener, you know already, you know I've had a lot of sex after divorce. So much, so much yummy sex. But what you might not know, I don't remember if I've shared this with you before. So today we're going to, we're going to have some intimate moments. I was doing it wrong because I was clueless. I hadn't had sex for so long because I'd been married for, you know, 14 years and not really, I was not spicy in my marriage. So 
after my divorce, when I was like going for it, I was, I was doing it wrong, but I did not know. But my, my vagina was really not happy about my actions. I had, I had many vagina problems. Do you remember that play from years ago, the vagina monologues? Loved it, by the way. Well, I should have been doing some vagina monologues, at minimum a vagina diary because of all of my issues. I was constantly seeing my gynecologist, Dr. C. So much, in fact, that we were on a first name basis. I would be in his office. He'd walk in. He'd be like, you're back, Sadie Marie. I'd be like, I'm back, Dr. C. And I don't know how many tests I did with Dr. C, how many different types of antibiotics, how many different types of probiotics I tried trying to solve my cookie jar issues. It was not cute, my friend. My lady part problems were preventing me from having amazing sex with my newfound millennial lovers. Plus, at the time, I had like the worst insurance and I had to pay for every visit out of pocket. So it was also a very expensive ride. Can you feel my pain here? If only I had spoken with season one guest, Dr. Ina Ferguson, immediately after my divorce. If only it would have been a whole lot better and cheaper for me and my vagina. So Doing this episode, Bedroom Boss, episode eight, was my gift to you, my dear friend, to not have to experience hitting the stirrups over and over again like your friend, Sadie Marie. Okay, all right, divorce dad. (laughs) Hang in there. I'm only going to talk about my vagina for a few more minutes, so hang in there. Okay. And in this episode, Dr. INA, she shared some delicious information that really helped me understand why I could not get enough sex after divorce. I mean, she really helped normalize my behavior. And you're thinking over there, okay, enough already, Sadie. What did she talk about? I've got you. Here is a clip from episode eight, Bedroom Boss. A lot of women get divorced around 30, you know, after 35. So in between 35 and 40, there's this sexual surge that happens for women where it's like sexual surge. Let's hear more about (laughs) that. It's like the, and the way I conceptualize it, it's like your body's last stitch effort to get pregnant, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, but your body's like, look lady, we got (laughs) so many years left. (laughs) Time is yes. Urgency. Yes. And so your body starts to crave sex. It sure does. Because yes. Right. (laughs) Because it's about procreation, right. In the biological, like most basic sense. Um, so when your body starts to crave sex like that, you you know, you want to satisfy that itch, so to speak. You want to get the pleasure from that. So and it's so very normal. Very normal. That after a divorce, you are wanting a lot of sex. Yes. And you have two things going on. You're finally free from whatever oppression may have been going on before or that caused you to that led to the divorce and this sexual surge that is biologically normal, whether you're married or not. Divorced, single, married, 35 to 40 is where it begins, and it just keeps going up from there. You see, we have a sexual surge. Isn't that fantastic? And there is nothing like it. And I only have a couple more months in my 40s, and I plan to make the most of it. And if you are in your 40s, you should absolutely do the same. If you are listening today and you're in your 30s, well, you just wait. You just wait for your sexual surge in your 40s. It makes it one delicious decade. That episode, that was the beginning for me to no longer feel bad about my body or my sexuality like I did for half of my life. And I now, I feel so powerful and creative and of course, spicy. Well, okay, during that season for me, my sexual surge season, you know, I could detach like the best of them. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. I did not need emotional connection to have steamy fun in the bedroom. No, ma'am. 
And there was no shame in my game. That is just where I was at until I wasn't. I know. About a year ago, okay, about a year ago, I started dipping my toe into the concept of emotional connection and sex. It was a big shift for me. It was intimidating, very, very intimidating. But I, I couldn't deny that I was now really desiring my heart to go along with my parts. And, and I was so curious about men and their emotional journey with sex after divorce. So I asked my buddy, divorce recovery coach, Frank Ortega, I mean, just his name alone gives off such a spicy vibe, right? To have a vulnerable chat with me. And Frank, he's such an authentic person. He agreed to do it. He even had to sit in his closet, the closet of his bedroom, because his daughter was home and he he did not want her to hear what, <laughs> what we were talking about. And it was the only place that he had privacy. I can still see Frank in the closet. And I just, I have that feeling back in my body again, that, that feeling I had when I was talking to Frank, I was just so giddy talking to a mature man about being emotionally vulnerable in the bedroom while he was hiding in the closet. I mean, it made me feel all the things. Okay. And Frank was very frank and he spoke with such honesty about how much better sex is with an emotional connection. And he also, he talked about a lot of things that men experience in the bedroom that are vulnerable for them, how the act of sex can be really vulnerable for men. And maybe right now, if you're a lady listener, you're like, no way, but it's true. Ask Frank, actually, I have a better idea. Listen to our chat. It's episode 53. And I'm so grateful for that conversation. And that's why I had to include it today because I can honestly say that talking about hearts and parts with Frank, it solidified that I was ready to move into a new space, to to be more vulnerable in a way that I had not been willing to be vulnerable in the past because I, I want that type of sex. I want that type of connection. And sometimes I say that I want that, but sometimes part of me fights that because it's just so much easier, isn't it? To be detached, to not be vulnerable, to not have to be emotionally available, to just have a take no prisoners attitude about what goes on in the bedroom. And in the last couple of months, I've had arguments with myself. There's part of me that's like, just go back to casual sex. I've even had men willing to fly and have a, a hometown visit, a real hometown visit in my city, like three. And I've, I've canceled them because I just, mm, I want emotional connection now. I want the heart to go with the part. And right now, maybe you're like, Sadie, seriously, what are you thinking? Actually, friend, I'm not thinking. I'm feeling. I am feeling ready for some sexy soul connection in the new year. So bring it on, universe. I'm ready. Speaking of sexy soul connection and spicy fun, I have to share about the Red Room experience that I had with my sisters, my Red Room sisters this year. The Red Room is an extension of this podcast, and it was inspired actually because of all of the yummy conversations I've had with sexperts on this podcast and all of the guests in the Red Room. I've had episodes with all of them, Nell, Nikita, Sylvie B, and of course, Dr. INA. How could I not have Dr. INA after she helped me so much with my, <laughs> my vagina problems? They brought the fun, but also the members brought the fun. And what I loved about our experience was that ladies just got to show up exactly where they were at with their sexuality. I mean, that was the whole point of the room, a safe space to talk about what you want to talk about, 
be where you are. Some members actually would come to meetings and just listen, which was great. And others would come and they would have a lot of spicy stories for us, which we always were on the edge of our seats, just waiting for the deliciousness. And throughout time, we built this thing called trust with each other. And we shared some really revealing things and we had a lot of laughter And I just love being in a space again with women who are interested in their sexuality. And you know, there's no judgment, judgment judgment-free zone. I have a lot of fun memories from the Red Room, especially when we had our sexperts visit. And I remember one meeting with pleasure coach Nell Walker, love Nell, and she was going to teach us some new sex positions. And in midlife, you are ready to learn a new sex position. So we were excited for that meetup. And Nell had us on our beds. Okay, it's a Zoom call, first of all. So imagine all these grown women on our beds. And she had us putting pillows under us and besides us and between our legs and under our head. And oh my gosh, you can, FYI, you can never have enough pillows, I guess, when you're having sex. It was so fun and playful. And we also, we had really heart-to-heart conversations, like when we had Sylvie B in the room, who is a kink goddess. She's all things kinky and delicious. And we talked about how healing actually kink is. I mean, people judge people who like kink. Kink is actually super healing, especially for people who've experienced sexual trauma. Kink is also a lot of creative fun, okay? And if you don't believe me, then you should listen to the conversation I had with Sylvie B back in May of last year called Spicy Summer Nights. Mm-mm-mm. Love my spicy summer nights. So we had some fun in the Red Room. One of my favorite outcomes is that beautiful friendships were built on trust and respect because of that sacred spicy space. So if you, my beautiful friend, if you are ready, maybe you weren't ready before, if you are ready now for some sensual fun with other ladies, then join us in the Red Room next year. Visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net. You can read all about the Red Room, and I will be sharing more about season two of the Red Room in the new year. I know, I can't wait. And you know, around the holidays, we can't have the spicy without a little sugar, right? Just a titch. It's yin and yang. What does that rhyme? Sugar and spice and everything nice. And some of the sweetest conversations that I've had on this podcast were with my divorced dad pals and coaches. The men that I've had the pleasure to chat with have introduced me to a decidedly delicious layer. And I just love talking to these guys about topics ranging from, of course, emotional availability to even uh, playful ones like foodie calls and your favorite in mine, dating tips from the male perspective. Just thinking about all of those conversations throughout the last three seasons, it just confirms that I need and I want good guys on my side. You know, that men can be my ally. They are not my enemy. A fan favorite of season three was Podcast 87, Divorced Dad Hacks. Do you remember it? It was such a playful episode with my guests, Ron Lambrecht and David Ray Martinez. They're both stand-up comedians and and dads, you know, just just doing their best, trying to get creative with cooking and cleaning and and creating some awesome community in the process. Well, we laughed from start to finish in that episode. And after our chat, I just left realizing that we're all just throwing shit at the wall, right? We are all just doing our best, trying to figure out this post-divorce parenting life. So today I just have to share a fun moment from that conversation. Any (laughs) hacks? I know. David, you're going to have a good one. I feel like it's going to be really spicy. Any Um, hacks on cleaning, organizing? I guess with cleaning, get a maid. Uh, (laughs) Get a maid or someone who likes to clean. You don't realize how many 
friends who actually love you and appreciate you and will do things for you. I mean, mostly they were women and men were helping me too. But like, you know, you have your OCD friends. I would have one come over. She would clean my house while I was at work. But this is not a, I don't know if that's a hack or it's just using well, your friends the right very way. Resourceful. You, you, do, you know, so what I'm hearing is every divorced dad find an OCD friend yeah. and just say, hey. Yeah. Yeah, she you she like would say yeah, she would say <laughs> you like she was me. like she literally <laughs> she literally told me she was like hey just buy me like a Coors Light and I'll one clean Coors up Light one well a forty a forty yeah. ounce a forty ounce of Coors <laughs> Light. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, that is the cheapest uh, cleaning person you're ever yeah. going to find. And, but, uh, and you know, was... again, like, I have full faith that the listener is completely capable of oh. cleaning his own house. Yeah, but the bathroom, the bathroom hack is, I, I believe, because I've worked in hotels for a long time. So the main thing is, like, wet up the bathroom, throw the comment on the walls, throw the comment in the tub. And then you tell your kid, go ahead and clean that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my hack is like clean that and then you know I I love that because I think kids need to learn how to clean. Come on now, I had to learn how to clean when I was little. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, listen, the first time my best friend's great grandmother, I came to their house and I walked through the door. She said, "Here's a bucket of top job, scrub these kitchen walls," and I was like, "And hello to you too." But That's you did the it, first. Right? Yeah, I did it. So yeah, kids need to learn how to clean. How about you, Ron? Do you have any um, cleaning tips? My um, do you have any OCD, how many OCD friends do you have, by the way? <laughs> I think I'm the one. I believe David is going to hit me up later to oh, come by. Nice. For pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk in the bathroom and go, "What's all this weird grit on the walls?" Yeah, go ahead and clean that. Here's a Coors Light. Knock yourself out. Right. <laughs> oh, talking with those guys, it felt so good. There is nothing like a belly laugh for picking up your spirits. On the topic of feeling good, another episode from season three, it was episode 84, Quitters and Committers. It was sweet to me because it was it was healing. It's hard to forgive yourself for not quitting something you know you should have quit a long time ago, like, you know, like a marriage or a situationship. Been there, done that. Talking with my guest, Tanya Carter. Well, first of all, she's a revelation. She is a force. And she shared some profound truths in that episode and listening to her very wise words. For me, being a daughter of a minister, it was like going to church. Can I get an amen? And if you're not religious, it was like the best therapy session you've ever had. And if you don't do therapy, well, it was like a warm hug. It was like a warm hug from your favorite person. It was all of that. It was all of those things to me. In that episode, I asked Tanya, I asked her directly, why, you know, why is it so hard to quit something when we know it just isn't good for us? And she said this. Because it's different for everybody. It's not a cookie cutter. Now, I can give some examples and some reasoning to enlighten people. One of them is fear. It's the fear of the unknown. Is even if it isn't good for us, this is familiar. This is comfortable. And so when you leave, there's this level of uncertainty of what life would be like. So we're really caught up in a routine, even if it isn't good for us. I know. So wise. And another interesting thing that she shared regarding making the decision to leave a marriage was this. 
Another thing I would ask is that, am I filling my own cup? I know this is a hard thing, but sometimes we depend on people too much to fulfill something that really isn't necessarily their job to fulfill. It's a self-fulfillment that you have to go seek and find. I realized that after my divorce that I was looking for my husband to give me something that I wasn't giving myself first. You know, it's it's making sure that your cup is full. But even in that, there are things needs that you must have or that you do desire? Like what is non-negotiable? Like what is non-negotiable? I think that's important. When we understand what what is non-negotiable, then we have to ask ourselves like, is this worth walking away from? Because you're not going to get everything from somebody. So Tanya Carter, wise woman, thank you. Thank you for having a conversation with me and with the listener. That was healing. I know it healed my heart and it added some serious sweetness to what has been some really, really hard and humbling life lessons. As you know, one of the benefits of quitting a marriage or leaving behind something that that has caused harm to your, your heart or your psyche is that you get free. You get free to experience the honeymoon stage. You know how I love my honeymoon stage. I mean, it is that sweet, juicy post-divorce season when you just get to, you get to romance yourself and you get to commit to what it is you really want for your life. And I can honestly say, if you were sitting across from the table with me today, my friend, that I'm, you know, I'm finally ready to commit, like really commit to connecting on a deeper level. I'm just not sure if I want to commit to one person or two, you know, because I practice ethical non-monogamy. I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm definitely much more emotionally available than I was, you know, two years ago. So I'm excited. That commitment to healing my heart, it feels good. It feels sweet. And my holiday wish for you is that you continue to look inward and commit to yourself and pursue what makes you happy. All of that, you know, struggle, the hurt, the fun, the happiness, the discovery, it all leads to love 2.0. You and I, my friend, we've had to lose love and that's hard. It's a big one, but I also know, and I bet the same is true for you too. I've gained so much love since my divorce. First of all, a new love for myself, love that, and a new love for my kids and so many renewed loving relationships with friends and family. Being more emotionally available is pretty cool because you become more real and transparent and people in my life have gotten to know parts of me that they never knew before my divorce. And also part of me that I lost in my marriage, I bet you can relate to this too, it's come back, the comeback. The playful side of me, I love having that back. And the sweet side of me and the bold side of me. So I like to say, you know, I like to say I'm Sadie 2.0 and I am ready for some love 2.0. Last season, season number two, I actually did an episode about this topic with divorce coach Maxine Clancy. She's, She's a gem. She and I also did a season one episode called Bury the Hatchet in Bloom. And she shared very openly how love changed for her after not one, but two divorces. Listen in. And so I'm just so curious about how love is now 2.0 for you. So how would you describe love now after your divorces and this current relationship? What's different? Um, so yeah, yeah. what's different is I, I really do believe like love is our source nature. Yeah, that's, it's who we are. Love is in us. And I think in the past, I used to think that love was something outside of me that I had to go and get 
So, you know, I had to be X, Y, Z in order to be loved. And I felt that my value was determined by my partners. And the difference now is I know that I am, like I am love. I, I can be love and I can bring love to anything or anyone. And it's up to me to be loving. And I'm not looking outside of myself to sort of have that love fulfilled. It's it's my job to love myself first and foremost. And if I'm valuing myself and loving myself, that changes the dynamic in my relationship. So I'm not I'm not going to get the, trying to get the love from my partner. Of course, we bring love and we create love together. So I think my whole perspective around love is different to how it used to be. And therefore, it creates um, the space for, for um, maybe a more authentic or a more genuine or a more unconditional love to evolve. Oh, it just feels good. Just listening to her, her truth. And I hope your journey towards love Love 2.0 is one that is filled with lots and lots of sugar. And of course, a healthy dash of spice too, right? It has been so fun to reflect on all of these incredible conversations that I've had with guests throughout the last three seasons. And all of the episodes that I talked about today, I will have links to all of them in the show notes so that you can listen to them if you haven't already. Man, this podcast it has brought me back to parts of myself that I have really missed, like I shared earlier. And it has even allowed me to accept more of my quirky self and to also forgive parts of myself that I've been ashamed about in my past. It's been such a great platform to talk about the uncomfortable things and the naughty things and the nice things. When I started this podcast a couple of years ago, I had no idea what a consistent good friend it would become. And if you follow me on social media, you know how much I love my mic, my mic, my microphone, okay? He is sexy, he is dashing, especially in a red tie. The best thing though, for sure, hands down, is that this podcast, it led me to meeting you. And I have loved our weekly chats so much. I'm getting verklempt. Remember that from Saturday Night Live? I'm getting verklempt over here. Oh man, you know, one of my friends who's also been a loyal listener, and I met her in the Red Room, which was, of course, so delicious. She shared this with me last week. From the safety of my car, Sadie, on my commute home, I would listen to your podcast episodes. and Sometimes your content made me feel really uncomfortable, but I couldn't stop listening. I could feel uncomfortable, and through that discomfort, I could grow more into myself and reconnect with myself again. And hearing her say that, it just filled my heart because this whole season, season three, has been about the comeback. And that was powerful to have her share that with me. Last spring when I was wrapping up season two and I was thinking about season three and what I wanted to talk about, I was talking to different people in the podcast world and one of them said to me, you know, you should not start another season until you have something to sell the listener. And I thought about that and then I said, no, you know, I never, I never created this podcast with the intention of selling you something besides, you know, happiness after divorce. <laughs> I started it to share my story and to listen to yours and to the stories of all of my guests. And of course, to build community after divorce, because we absolutely need more of that. And this podcast has given me such a return on my investment. It's given me authentic friendships. It's given me purpose. And it's given me a space to really be all of me. And there is not much, as you know, there is not much in this world we live in that allows you to be all of yourself. So thank you, friend, for taking this naughty and nice journey with me for the last three seasons. We've had fun. We've had so much fun. 
A new year is just around the corner and I love the new year. And no, I'm not going to play the melancholy music like I did in my first episode, but I love a new year because it's another round of possibilities and learning opportunities and screwing up. I mean, you are going to screw up in the new year and so am I, but let's agree to love ourselves anyway. And hopefully you also have some really good kinky sex in the new year. Okay. You knew I was going to say that. Of course I was going to say that. And also, like I talked about in last week's episode, I hope you do a whole lot of nothing, nothing in the new year. I plan to do the same. And that leads me to share that I plan to actually take a break from the podcast because I want to create space to see what else can be. And I want to connect with you in a different way. So look for me because I'm going to be reaching out to you. And I'm also happy to share that I'm going to be hosting at least one live event, maybe two in my hometown of Minneapolis. I know, so old school. We're actually going to meet face to face. So look for more information about that on social media. Life after divorce is so deliciously layered, isn't it? And I can't wait to learn more about your layers and, and your journey. So you got to keep me posted. I know we won't be meeting up every week like we have been, but you got to promise to keep me posted. DM me, Facebook me, TikTok me, <laughs> text me, email me. I want to stay in touch because you know, you know how I love to hear about what's going on in your life. I want to hear all about your comeback and where it's taking you. Happy holidays, friend. And I will catch more of you next year. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this Life After Divorce community by following me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and TikTok at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's Eight Tips to Happiness. You'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you've found value in my podcast, consider being an official sponsor. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also buy me a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two, and I thank you for your support. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to seeing you next week for another round of content created to kickstart your comeback.